Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, yes, it is. This is Ken Roshan, and welcome to Amplified. And this show is a show that honors leaders, amplifies their goodness, and inspires those that are in need of inspiration and want to step up their game to create a bigger impact in the world. So that's pretty cool. So I'm going to turn this over to Andrea, who's going to give our very, very long list of sponsors and the reason this <laughs> show even happens, because you don't know this, listeners, but if it wasn't for these sponsors, I don't know if this show would exist. They are always there for us to make it happen. Well, thank you so much, Ken. Well, we want to thank, oh, first, we want to thank the Keep Smiling movement itself. Uh, now, wait a second. A they're, they're not pay- <laughs> now, they're not paying. So that was nice. That's a nice shout out. They're they're givers, and they're definitely making a lot of legacy <laughs> products. But we're going to give them the old little check mark that they are making a big impact in the world, and that'll count as their sponsorship. But okay, the other, great. The other ones good. I know really need to be identified. All right. Well, we had Hit Check. Uh, we met them at Soccer X uh, a couple months back, and they helped sponsor some opportunities for us to do some big things in the world. And the Umbrella Syndicate. Hey, you know what? Hit check. If you get a chance, uh, just text him and let him know that we'd like to have him just give a little, I guess, blur because we've been giving him all these shout outs and he hasn't had a chance to just share his voice. And he's a wacky guy. I mean, I like that he's guy. He's fun. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. So that would be let's, get him, let's get him on at the, uh, at the beginning of the second segment. I would love that. All right. That sounds lovely. And we want, of course, I said the Umbrella Syndicate already, and we want to thank Voice America. We've been okay, on well, Voice America. Now that you said Umbrella for... Syndicate twice, technically they owe twice the sponsorship because that's the rules. <laughs> well, I think that they've been uh, committing to about seven times that um, every month. <laughs> All right. And the Red Carpet Connection, which is my business. And uh, who, who am I missing? <laughs> I'm, I feel like I miss. Oh, well, Big Events USA. You know what? You might be missing the people through the red carpet connection that you have met that want to do a book and some of their companies. So I have been slightly overwhelmed by how many people that you've met and that want to do a book. And I think that they deserve some sponsorship shout outs. So if you want to give any at all, you are welcome to do so. And if you want to kind of, I know you got a lot. So if you want to say that for the second segment, when we come back, um, this show to me today is a show that's being created, I guess, spontaneously through, um, I guess, a download of what could be possible to inspire people when they step up to the game. So our two guests today are heroes because you and I would be kind of talking about sponsors and sponsorship uh, for the whole hour. But we had two people that literally we called and they were ready to go. And I got to say, that is something that inspires me about leaders is that when you call, I mean, I made one call, you made one call and boom, two people are in the air that will share their mission, their purpose, their inspirations, their, um, their gold nuggets, their wisdom. And we're going to have a heck of a show. And it's, and it's just kind of cool that having a network of leaders can create something like this. 
Yeah, absolutely. They dropped everything for us. It's fantastic. So one of the persons, um, we're going to be talking um, to them in the second hour, well, at least to Pauline uh, uh, Crawford Umps in the second hour. Um, we have uh, Lisa English, who has expressed um, wanting to join us with the Keep Smiling movement. And she is already supplying us with a private venue uh she calls it a cottage i saw the pictures it's an actual mansion in my opinion and beautiful facility for us to have a private meet and greet by invitation only this weekend if you are hearing this and want to be invited and are going to be in the vegas area or willing to fly out to see us on sunday it'll definitely be worth your time uh we are taking it to a definite high level a deep intimate uh, meet and greet where we are really talking with the movers shakers influencers of the world but we'll be telling you more about that. So Lisa English is one. Um, then we have Lydia uh, Lavosi. Lavosi. She is my dental wig. She will be on in the coming weeks. She is going to be partnering with us. She makes uh, what it, uh, a molding for your mouth that you snap in replacement teeth so that uh, you don't actually have to have a surgical implant. Although we are in the process of talking with Dr. Sammy Nim- um, Numbisi, uh, who is doing an Numbisi. event in a couple weeks. Uh, thank yep. you. And uh, he is a world leader in dentistry for ceramic implants. Um, he is. I connected him with some amazing people in Orange, California, and he's at PH Dental um, now. Uh, PH Dental will be working with us in the future as we're getting everything worked out and how, how our relationship Dental? shows. Um, in Orange, California. He said he was out of the country. He texted me a little while ago and said he's out of the country. Did he? Well, he means out of the county. <laughs> out of the county? Is that what it means? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. He, he, he presently, um, he might be in an airplane right now, but uh, as of yesterday, he was going to be there unless they had to switch it up and he left to be somewhere else. So uh, that is where he is. So anyhow, we have those uh, people in the works that are going to be working with us and doing some great things. Um, and it's very exciting because we've been wanting to, I mean, we already created advocacy and awareness for multiple organizations all over the world and now we're going to actually be correcting physical smiles and I've reached out to Dr. Freddie Bahin who actually has helped with the cleft palate as well and uh, hopefully he'll we'll hear from him soon and find out how we can actually partner in creating surgical uh, correction of faces for children who have the inability to smile so quite exciting yeah we are we are declaring that we want 100 dentists, 100 photographers, and 100 books done this year. The 100 books will be done very soon. But the 100 dentists we want, if you know a dentist that has a big heart and is open to giving a child, um, maybe up to the age of 12 or 14, the smile that they deserve and would change their life, you know, connect us to that dentist because... It's a conversation, and uh, in my opinion, everyone has 168 hours a week, and we have about 100 of them that we can do really important things in the world, and we came up with the math that if someone gave a whopping 10 whole hours in an entire year to help one child, that that's 100 children that the Key Smiling Movement helped connect the dots and change lives, and I know for me, if I had a smile that was damaged it would cause some confidence issues and it would uh, make me feel sad that I couldn't smile to my son, et cetera. So let's, uh, let's look at the Key Smiling Movement as not just an inspirational vehicle with the Key Smiling Books honoring leaders, but let's look at it as a vehicle 
to help kids that are deserving a smile, whether it's a physical or abuse situation, that we can come in there and change their lives. So we're going to get our first guest on, and he is awesome. I met him at the Lee Steinberg event that uh, Bill Walsh was kind enough to uh, invite me to as a VIP and be at his table. So what an amazing organization and what an amazing guy. He has been really patient about getting on our show, and here he is today stepping up. And for you listeners who were anticipating hearing Noel Lee, we'll just have to have him on another day. He is the uh, originator um, of the company Monster, as well as uh, a collaborator and partner for Beats uh, Headphones. So it was definitely a, a multi-million dollar conversation and very exciting, but I guess uh, we'll hear later that he was working late on a new invention and the new product, whatever. I know that these uh, these high rollers do have some wacky hours and they have obligations that do kind of tear them apart and divide them so much that they don't even feel they can do it all. So I'm glad that Noel could at least meet you and he'll be on a future show and maybe we'll even do a pre-record at a later time, uh, later time in the day so that he is uh, more in his perky self. Well, so uh, he, and he does have a physical disability as well, so I know yep. mornings are a little more challenging for him to get around. But uh, uh, whatever, well, yeah, and by the way, to be, and by the and way, this no, might actually be better. <laughs> well, no, no, the thing is, if mornings are not good, then we have just given two people an opportunity to share their voice and their heart, and Noel will get a pre-record at a later time in the day so that he can really show his brilliance, and I'm all good with that. I just wanted to let people know that are listening today that they're going to be listening to some spectacular people. And although they didn't invent beats, they've, they're doing some major things in the world and it's still going to inspire them. Yep. So I'm excited. I'm sure um, Noel will um, come back around for us at some point. He may even call in later in the show. So I know he's on the West Coast this morning. So you know what? We're he gonna- might even you know he might even be listening on his beats this show right now and kind of grinning that we're giving him so many props and he's gonna just <laughs> like just make sure the show is really gonna be cool before he jumps in. <laughs> That it could be, could be it. Be. <laughs> could be it. Be well, let, let me introduce uh, uh, Darren. I believe it's Tessitore, and he will correct me if, if uh, it is has a better pronunciation than that. So Darren is with an organization called a Drug-Free, oh, let me make sure I have this correctly. It's the Foundation for a Drug-Free World. Um, I believe I have um, met some people from this organization before. So Darren, he personally experienced the devastating effects of drug drugs and alcohol at a young age. Um, He lost seven of his close friends before the age of 16. And when he found out about the Foundation for a Drug-Free World and their programs in 2007, he knew instantly that this program had the power to change the world. So he embarked on a personal mission to educate every child in the United States and Canada on the truth about drugs and the effects of them. Darren then started volunteering for the largest drug education program on earth with the Foundation for a Drug-Free World. And through his volunteer efforts, he has educated over 10,000 people, plus law enforcement, drivers, educators, and school educators all around the U.S. and Canada, and then today reaching out to thousands and thousands more. I am so glad to have you here, Darren. Thank you for sharing your personal experiences with us. Welcome to the show. You're welcome. Thank hey, you, Darren. And you did say my name right. Thank you. Well, say your name again so I everyone can. hears it again. How are you? Say your it's name again. Darren. I'm great, thanks. 
Uh, Darren Tessitore. She nailed that it. Is a, that is a great name. That's like, isn't it like Italian, kind of? It is Italian, yeah. My grandparents are from Italy. They Mama came over Mia. to Boston back in the early uh, 1900s. Cool. So I, I want to get the negativity out of the way right now just so that we get this behind us and we can have a super powerful show. I right. Can I do that? Do I have your permission? Do you have negativ- my permission? Yeah, to get the negativity out of the way. I want to say something that is a little critical. May I? You got it. Go for it. So, Darren, I met you, and your heart is so big, and you're doing, obviously, big things to be at a Lee Steinberg event and have a, a big booth. But I took your photo with a key smiling card, and I was so excited. And then I got home and saw that you didn't give me a top-notch smile. So what's up with that? <laughs> you know what, Ken? I'm sorry. Next time I see you, you'll get the best <laughs> smile ever. All right. So here's the deal. I want to put you in a book because your message and your mission are so not not important. They're so critical. So let's talk uh, first really quickly about what happened in your childhood that caused you to be who you are today and you know what choices you made that helped you really identify this as such an important mission? Sure, no problem. So when I was younger, I grew up in a, a town just outside of Boston. And, you know, it was a middle-class town, nothing special, but, you know, we were going to middle school, and in middle school, a lot of our friends just started smoking weed and drinking and something that I fell into. And then the next thing you know, here we are, we're getting high, we're drinking a lot, and then people just started dying. Um, I came, I was coming home from school one day and my best friend was on his motorcycle with another one of my friends on their way to my house and they crashed into a tree and died. And that and really just kind of threw drugs. me. What was that? You on drugs when they were riding the motorcycle or was that? Um, unrelated? Yeah, they were high. Um, they, well, they smoked pot daily. Yeah. It was never confirmed that they were high, but there was a, a really good chance that they were smoking weed before they got on that bike. He was driving way too fast and just <clears> lost control. And he he was underage, didn't have his license, bought a motorcycle off someone on like a, um, a want ad or something like that. And, and then he went out and stole a license plate and stuck it on the back of his bike so he could ride around. <laughs> I remember him hiding it from his mom. He would park it down the street and... No one knew that he had this bike, but all of his friends knew, and he ended up crashing into a tree and killing another one of our friends on it. And then at that point, my my world just kind of started spinning. You know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, where I was going. I started drinking more and doing more drugs, and and then um, other people just started dying. You know, a couple car crashes. Um, another one of my friends was trying to buy cocaine in Boston, and he tried to leave the scene and steal the cocaine and got shot. And then another one of my friends was on cocaine, and he attacked his dad, and his dad shot him. Fear for his oh. life. The kid, the kid was huge. He was a big football player, and he came at his dad, and his dad shot him. And then we had a couple more kids die in car crashes from drunk driving. And these are all like within about a year and a half to two year period. So and this isn't even kind of this isn't even talking about the uh, this isn't even talking about the other people that may have been hurt. Were any other people hurt when they had accidents? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, the, well, the, a couple of the car crashes were um, were solo, so just the guys that were in the cars died. Um, and then two of the car crashes, there were some other people in the car that got badly injured. I mean, they're okay now, but they were they were injured. So it was really just a, um, it was an interesting time because things just started going south really fast. And I, I 
I managed to just kind of look at, well, okay, what am I doing here with my world? Where do I want to go? And I left. I, I got in a car and I drove up to the mountains in New Hampshire and just started teaching skiing. I got a job teaching skiing, got an apartment up there. Um, luckily, my mom was drugs. like, you know what? I'll, I'll stop doing drugs, disconnected from all the people that I was hanging out with. So I just, I, I had the realization that if I, I kept hanging out with these people, this is where I was going to be. And I remember making this decision around, you know, right around 16, maybe 17 years old, that, you know, I, I don't want to die like this. This isn't where I want to go. And this mm-hmm. is what's going to happen if I keep doing it. So I left. And how many a lot kids of the people died? that I hung out with didn't. Di- uh, Do you know how many kids die from um, uh, this? Yeah, of, of my friends, there's about seven. And then there was a couple other kids in that town that had died from drugs and alcohol that I knew that were in my school as well. So probably around nine or ten. And how many in the U.S. do you know that statistic by any chance? The number of people that die from the number of people that died last year from drug overdoses was over seventy-five thousand. And that doesn't include um, alcohol or DUIs or any other problems. That's just drugs. That's um, that's drug overdoses. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at if you look at the actual stats and where they've been going over the past. 10 or so years, it's been getting really, really bad. Um, the opioid epidemic has been huge. It's really just kind of flooded the world with these drugs that were considered safe and effective and that they weren't going to hurt you. But what really ended up happening is the drugs became highly addictive and actually mm-hmm. killed people. And when they didn't, they couldn't get, when you can't get your opioids, you go to the streets and you get heroin. And then the heroin's laced with who knows what, and fentanyl is a big another big drug. I'm not sure if you know what fentanyl is or if many of you do. Fentanyl is a, it's a painkiller. And basically what it's a really, really, really strong painkiller. And what it does, it actually sucks all the oxygen out of your blood and you suffocate and you die. And then what happens is they use this, this other drug called Narcan, which pumps the oxygen back into your blood. So they used to have these shots where the police would carry around these Narcan shots and they'd stick them in you and pump the, the uh, oxygen or the Narcan back in your blood and bring people back to life. But now they have a nasal spray that all the police carry around with them and they squirt it up your nose. It's, I mean, it's to the point where every police officer in the country has one of these in their cars, right? So it's, it's really scary. You know, it's, it's just a really bad scene right now. And then, well, we're not even talking about, uh, we're only talking about the death part. We're not talking about all the people that are impacted, that love them, all the people that, including themselves, that could have had a life that they loved. They could have. So there's a guy named Ken MacArthur, and he has a movie coming out this year, I believe, and it's called The Impact Factor. And it's that everyone has an impact, everyone. So whether you choose negative or positive, you're having an impact. And if you're doing drugs and, and starting this stuff and making bad choices, you are actually having a negative impact on so many others. It's it's not even calculable, probably. So um, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question, kind of in jest. So don't be offended. But do you smoke weed with your daughters? Not at all. No. Okay. So did you ever no. tell them what happened, and did they? Did you scare them straight, or uh, what's what's the deal with uh, how you dealt with it as a father? Well, they definitely know my story, and. At a young age, so I started volunteering for the Foundation for a Drug-Free World around the age, around when my kids were at my age. So I have two older kids, and then I have a younger one right now. She's um, turning 15, and a 22-year-old and a 21-year-old. So my younger kids were about the age where I was when I started getting introduced to drugs. 
And that's when I, I found the um, Foundation for a Drug Free World. They came to my church and they did a, a lecture and said, hey, look, we're looking for volunteers. If anyone wants to come help us spread this message, feel free. And I said, yeah, well, I'd love to help. What could I do? And they said, well, whatever you want to do, you know, if you want to help talk to kids, you want to talk to teachers. So I started going and talking to kids. And I was delivering seminars telling kids my story. And then I quickly realized that, wow, this, this is a really huge problem. And if I try to talk to all the kids, I'm not going to reach everybody. I'll, I'll never get it done. So what I did was I started going to educators and training educators to talk to kids. And that's when I started doing that. I then started bringing my kids with me to all these seminars and trainings that I do. So my kids would come and actually do these events with me where I'm talking to, you know, hundreds of teachers or hundreds of police, or we even found driver education to be a great avenue because driver education has a drug and alcohol portion, and they just didn't have any really good materials, and the Foundation for a Drug-Free World has great materials that they can use, and they're all free. So the teachers, the law enforcement, uh, driver educators can have these materials for free in any quantity. So what we would do is I would go and I'd train these teachers on how to use it, and I brought my kids with me. And they just kind of started seeing the impact and hearing the stories and getting the praise from the, the teachers and the law enforcement about how amazing drug-free world is and how it's so great that we're doing something about it. And then in the process, they've also all studied the drug-free world materials. So they know what the drugs are, and they know what the drugs do. And I've never preached the don't do drugs, say no to drugs message to them. I've just preached the hey, look, this is what drugs are. This is how they work. You're a smart kid. You decide what you want to do. Right? So, so uh, you want to give that really- lesson as if... So, so, once you, so we want to, we're going to go to a break in about three or four minutes, so I want to be intentional in making sure that we get your message and give credit to the founder. So uh, the listeners are your audience, and they're parents or their kids that need to hear this message because they don't know necessarily the impact that drugs have negatively. So... Be the, the leader, the parent, and help us. Sure. Okay. Well, the, the biggest issue is not understanding what the drugs actually do, not understanding how the drugs actually work and how the drugs actually affect you. And we start actually looking at what's happening in the world of drugs today, in the world of vaping, the world of cigarettes, marijuana, opioids, all these drugs, which they are drugs, even alcohol is a drug, and how they're getting marketed and communicated to the kids and to really to the kids is where they're being marketed. And the kids are now taking these on and thinking that they're okay and thinking that marijuana is fine because it's legal, thinking that vaping is fine because it's safe, nothing's wrong with vaping, where you now have, what, 15 or 20 states that have banned it. And then they start thinking that cigarette smoking is fine because they were vaping and now they're smoking. But when you start looking at what's actually going on and why is this happening and why are we being pushed these messages to do these things, you know, it's, it's as simple as following the money and then not having the proper education for the children and the kids not really knowing what these drugs actually do. And it, anyway, so the, the point here is to just educate the kids on what the drugs are and how the drugs work so you can make a self-determined choice. And that's why I love Drug Free World so much because it's actually basic information on what drugs are, how they work, what they do, how they affect you, so that you as a, as a young adult or a child or even an adult can make a self-informed decision without some other hidden agenda that may be coming at you as to why you should vape or why you should smoke weed or why drinking is fine and all these things, right? It's mm-hmm. just understanding and knowing the data. And that's what Drug Free World is doing. It's, it's Who's the founder? Parents. Um, it was actually founded by a group of people. 
It wasn't okay. really any one founder. It was a it was a, a bunch of people out in the Los Angeles area that got together and said, "We want to do something about this." So they started creating materials, and then they created a documentary called um, "The Truth About Drugs." And it's basically a 90-minute video that goes over all the different types of drugs, what the drugs do, how the drugs affect you, communicated by people that have done the drugs. And where can people and, see um, it? They base drugfreeworld.org. The video is online. Um, and then each chapter of the documentary is broken down into a different section. And each section is on a different drug. So anywhere from seven to ten minutes, you can learn about a different drug. And then there's a booklet on that drug. And you can read those booklets. Um, you can download them. You can have them mailed to you in any quantity that you want for free. Um, we also send out people like myself, volunteers all around the world will come and do seminars for schools, for teachers, you know, for law enforcement. Anybody that wants to use it will go and we'll get a volunteer Thank to you. teach you how to use it. Thank you, Darren. So I got a couple quick questions for you with please quick answers back because I want to close out the segment with these questions being answered. So uh, first thing, vaping. <clears throat> 13 states have forbid mm-hmm. it. All the other states are still allowing it. That's probably a payola type of situation that there's too much money being made. So what happens when you vape? What, what happens when a kid vapes really quickly? So vaping, the main ingredient that makes the actual vape liquid is propylene glycol. Propylene glycol is a binding agent that actually binds liquids and oils, like waters and oils. Because if you look at most of your hand creams today, they're water and oil, and they don't bind, so they put a propylene glycol in there. They use this chemical called propylene glycol to bind all these different oils and waters together. And what the propylene glycol does when you inhale it into your lungs, it actually sticks into these things called the cilia. I don't know if you remember that high school class. Yep, you had a little like yep. um, little cilia in your in your veins. Well, what happens sure. is the propylene glycol sticks on that, and it actually causes them to explode. Nice. So what happens is you're actually blowing up your lungs to a point of where you can't breathe anymore, and you'll start suffocating. So it's All right. not a very safe way of of, of no, smoking. It's horrible. Yeah, so it's supposed to be the yeah. quote-unquote way of getting off of cigarettes to get something to blow up your lungs. I get it. So um, my dad said mm-hmm. something to me uh, when I was around 13. He said, are you high? And I said, no. He says, are you drugs? I said, no, I've never tried them yet, Dad. And he says, yet? And I said, well, I want to try them sometime because I'm curious if I like them because I'll save you the guesswork. You'll love them, but they'll own you, and you'll, they'll destroy your life. So if you want to try them to see if you'll like them, you'll, I'm just giving you the the answer out of the bag, you'll love them. So I'm thankful I had a dad that said that sure, to me, man. and that's that's really uh, – and he also made me promise that I wouldn't try them until I left the house because if I'm going to try them, he doesn't want me under his roof to watch me get addicted to something. So making that promise was something I kept, and I, I still have kept. But um, a lot of people say that marijuana is totally safe, cool, no big deal, get high every day. So can you address that very quickly, and we have to go to break. The easiest way I address that is, look, the child's, the adolescent brain is developing, and smoking marijuana will completely stunt that. So if you, would, if you, as a young adult or a kid, want to have your IQ go down and have it stay down, then smoke weed. Okay. Because that's actually what's proven to happen. So that is a great, that's a great message. So they should put on the, the bags of weed that are being distributed, hey... This is a good IQ stunt um, reducer of your IQ, and it'll keep your IQ really low so you sound dumb. That would help, right? That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Darren, I hope so. You're, so I, I, I have good news. 
uh, and bad news. Good news is that you did phenomenal, and we're going to get the message out to as many people as we can. And we have a very, very, very accomplished person that's going to be in the second segment. Noel Lee is going to be there. And this show is going to go to everybody we can possibly get it to in the world because your message is a message that will save so many people internationally and will turn our our kids into productive and creative leaders instead of people that are being sucked down by drugs. So God bless you. And I want to tell you, I want to do a cute smiling book for this message. Um, And we'll talk later offline, but you have been persistent and adamant about making sure this message is out there. So you are a hero of mine and we're going to be going to break and I'll connect with you after the show for the book, but stay online because at the end of the show, we're going to ask you some questions about Books that inspire you, quotes, movies, etc., and you'll be able to share them with Noel Lee. How about that? Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Ken. Cool. So we're going to break right now. This show has been brought to you by the Key Smiling Movement and all the other sponsors, and we'll be back in a minute. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome back, and we have the... Noli, it was so excited to have him join us. He was listening to the beats, making sure our show was kicking it before he called in for the second segment. So we are so appreciative. He is a real leader and really an example of what you can create in life. So I'm so excited to have Marn. Andrea, could you please introduce him? Yes, I can. Noel Lee founded Monster Cable Products in 1979 when he was a laser fusion design engineer at Lawrence Livermore Laboratory. He's also an autophile and a professional drummer at the time, and he left his laboratory work to perform with his band, Asian Wood. His passion for music was to become the essence of his professional life, shaping the destiny of Monster and informing the development of Monster Products today. When he first discovered the importance of speaker wires. It was in creating the quality speaker performance, and he's now been responsible for the biggest breakthroughs in audio performance, including the world's first computer speaker in 1985, 
uh, launching Monster Power's sophisticated line of power conditioning products, and even launching Beats by Dre, which revolutionized the high-end headphone industry. And in 2012, he got a Lifetime Achievement Award and nine Innovative Technology Awards at the prestigious Plus X Awards, which is recognition of a company dedicated to creating products that enhance the sound of quality music even further. Noel, I'm so happy to have you here. We had a blast. Uh, we met, um, Ken has met him as well at uh, City Gala in the past, and I this year had a pleasure of laughing with him at City Gala. So welcome to the show. Standing ovation to you. Well, you thank know? you so much. Standing ovation. I can't, I, I can't see a standing ovation, but I hear it. Well, I mean, Beats will do that for you. They're three-dimensional. They give you the actual feel that someone is standing instead of just sitting. That's, that's okay. the, I think I that's love, the new ad right there. I love that's the new ad. All right, so, Noel, I don't know if you heard the first segment, but Darren was talking about a drug-free world. And if you heard about it, did you have any comments you wanted to say about that? Well, first of all, I learned a lot of things about vaping that I, that I did, though. You know, the uh, propylene glycol and all that kind of uh, I'm with the rest of, uh, you know, what the public thinks is that vaping is okay and it's not harmful. And uh, so I have a lot of friends that do it. I'm going to warn them. So I think well, that's uh, uh, an amazing thought. Well, I'm so glad you could be uh, join us because it's interesting when there's a message like the first segment and then there's your message that we're going to be going to, which is really creating anything that you want in life. So... I would love to ask you first and foremost, what were your parents like that caused you to really th- be this amazing person that was so innovative? And and what were maybe well, some of the things they gave you, either books or toys, that caused it as well? Well, my uh, parents were immigrants from China, and the interesting story is that uh, my dad got a job offer as a journalist. Uh, to open up the uh, U.S. office of a news agency in China. Well, you know, uh, I had uh, been conceived by my mom, and uh, my dad said, uh, we're going to go and, uh, to America, and uh, the uh, relatives and all the parents said, no, 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 let, her, let uh, your mom stay here so she can have the child, and then you can go later. My dad says, no, we're going now. And uh, fortuitous as it is, they they came to the U.S. three months before the communists take over in China. Oh, wow. And uh, if I had waited, or they had waited, uh, life would be totally different because, you know, I'd still be in communist China. So it's uh, amazing how things... uh, uh, can change at somebody's decision. So they made a great decision. Yes, they did. And so they probably made great decisions as parents, too. What were they like as parents? Well, you know, my uh, mom barely spoke English, so she had to learn, uh, you know, go to grammar school uh, with uh, spelling uh, portfolio and all that kind of stuff. So she was struggling, and they had no, absolutely no money. So what I learned uh, from them was really being frugal, okay? So that was, uh, you know, you can't squander and waste things. My mom, even today, she says, got to eat all your food. You can't just leave it there, you know? So, uh, that, that <laughs> so was, she's alive? My dad was. Sorry, go ahead. I said your mom's alive? 
Yeah, she's 93. I just had lunch with her the other day. That's awesome. So you guys were together, you were, you were vaping and talking about don't waste any money, right? Yeah. Well, it was uh, how to scrap be scrappy, okay, and that helped me throughout the business uh, because if you have everything, then uh, you're not going to be scrappy. And for anybody starting a business, uh, being scrappy, looking at all the uh, details of how to do it more economically will keep you in business, and it certainly did that for us. And uh, you know, it was uh, it was a way of life. It was uh, something that I just did naturally. You know, and you know, when you're uh, trying to save money, trying to do it economically, you know, things fall by the wayside. But on the other hand, when we had uh, the business was extremely successful. Uh, the pendulum went uh, the other way, and we started to spend uh, money carefree, okay, so to mm-hmm. speak. Expanded the business because uh, when we're doing over a billion dollars, uh, there's enough free cash flow that, you know, mistakes and uh, little things you could be saving kind of fall through the cracks and you don't pay attention to them. And now that we're uh, rebuilding the company, changing the business model, because of the economic climate uh, out there for consumer electronics, we're once again scrappy. So I call ourselves a 40-year-old startup. That's cool. So I, I watch movies like uh, you know Steve Jobs, and, I, and it comes to mind immediately when I hear about being frugal and the frugal actually benefiting the company to disrupt an industry, especially computers or electronics. So who are your mentors and share... I guess, with the listeners, who they should adopt as well. Well, listen, Steve Jobs is uh, the top of my list, and the reason why uh, Steve's such an influence is because uh, during his life, during the speeches and things that uh, he was uh, uh, that he gave, came from the heart. You know, from the USC commencement uh, speech to uh, of his. Uh, last days uh, before he passed away, of what's important in life. So not only was he uh, an accomplished entrepreneur, he fought against all odds. Uh, and you know, after being let go from uh, Apple and coming back to Apple, uh, that is a definite inspiration for me. So when you fall down, uh, how do you get up? How do you recover? How do you reinvent yourself? So, uh, 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 and, but the person, the person behind uh, the accomplishment, and uh, in his uh, last days, he says, "You know, everything I've done uh, means nothing because uh, I, when I die, um, I can't take it with me." So he said to uh, focus on the right things, meaning uh, love for your family, uh, love for your friends, uh, and those are the things that are. Uh, the most important things in life because, uh, you know, you take those with you. And, um, you know, I learned from that. I said, you know, uh, material things, uh, accomplishments of uh, making uh, more business year after year. Well, you know, when there's ups, there's also downs. Okay, then when you have downs, how do you uh, change your lifestyle to that? So, uh, 
yeah, Steve Jobs is one. Uh, Jeff Bezos is uh, uh, another one, and you know Jeff is uh, extremely uh, inventive. Okay? I mean, I, I I can't believe he created all these businesses uh, under Amazon, and uh, uh, each business in itself is a lifetime achievement. But he's you know, he's got six or seven of these that is you know from transportation to uh, web development and everything. So it's you know, these guys are real. Uh, and besides going into space, by the way. <laughs> well, so, well, how about uh, Elon? How about Elon Musk? What do you think about him? Yeah, well, yeah, Elon is a. Uh, I love his cowboy kind of style. Uh, I think it's risky, uh, but uh, he's certainly a uh, visionary. To say I'm going to make. Uh, this car and it's going to go uh, X amount of miles an hour. I'm going to beat Lamborghinis and Ferraris and uh, it's going to be put in a <coughs> van uh, or SUV and it's going to have a ludicrous mode on it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's so fun and uh, I really enjoy it because I have uh, a Tesla SUV in the, the demo mode. When the song comes on, the doors go, uh, you know, uh, flap, mm-hmm. the lights and everything off. I mean, who would do something like that in a car uh, who wasn't just an absolute nut? <laughs> well, you know, speaking of nuts, first of all, I want to commend you, Arn. When I met you, in two seconds, you lit up, you had a smile, and I was able to capture this gorgeous shot of you and your spirit. And it really says a lot to me when I meet somebody, and they're you know, just crushing it in life and they're able to get how quickly a smile and positivity is going to actually inspire the world. So I want to thank you for that because I, well, I didn't no, know you didn't know me. And, and I, <laughs> I want to support you in creating an amazing 2020. So tell me what your vision is for 2020 and tell the listeners, you know, not only what you're up to, but how we can support you. Okay, well, listen, uh, uh, for those of you who are uh, familiar with Monster, there's uh, a long legacy and history of creating better sound and better audio. Uh, those who are not, you know, it was, uh, we call it a cure with no disease. So you can't even imagine mm-hmm. the first speaker cable that nobody needed because there was speaker cable already available. But ours was special. Ours was uh, better made, it was thicker, it, it uh, looked better, it was more flexible, all that stuff. And everybody said, well, nobody's going to buy this, okay, because uh, your speaker cable is uh, three to four times as much as inexpensive speaker cable. But I said, yeah, but you've got uh, $1,000, $2,000 invested in your speakers, okay, uh, and what's another $10 going to do uh, uh, to impact that? And the resulting sound is simply amazing. So all my life, I've been a uh, music listener, uh, a recording engineer, all for the love of the music and being able to hear every nuance, to be able to hear the personality of the uh, performer. So uh, this is about music reproduction, and that's what I've done uh, throughout the years. So today, we still make uh, Monster Cable uh, a big focus is on video now instead of just audio and uh, just educating 
the consumers uh, that uh, things don't, don't shut down things because they don't seem plausible. Uh, look at the reasons why something exists and why we, and it's the passion that uh, helps. Okay, so what is the, uh, uh, what, what is the ultimate goal? And that's the reproduction of great music. Well, you're dealing with actually a philosophy of weakest link. It's like when I was a DJ, I would tell people, and by the way, I'm a big fan of Monster. I, I was an audiophile. I bought the Alpine <laughs> systems. I mean, everything had to be the best because I was a DJ and I love sound. So you are like, uh, I'm bowing right now because you created a product that added so much life to the music and so much clarity to the, and I, I do want to talk about the physics of that in a second, but the, the first thing that I want to talk about is that you actually shifted the fact that there is a weakest link. Why would you want a weakest link when you're paying 2000 to $10,000 to have a studio and all this stuff? And so what actually happened in the physics that caused that massive change in the quality? Well, you know, uh, people were not familiar with what the losses were in uh, cable. So they you have Ohm's law, <clears throat> you look at the resistance and the uh, uh, current uh, that it carries and uh, what comes in one end uh, ends up on the other end. And when you put a meter on it or an analyzer on it, it shows that uh, everything is perfect. There's no uh, benefit to having better speaker cable. Well, when I was trying to uh, get better sound from my audio system, because I was, uh, again, very frugal, didn't have a lot of money, but I said, uh, what things can I improve? And I said, well, if thin speaker wire, and they used to call it bell wire, I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, the cheapest possible thing. If uh, that's good, then big wire, properly built, uh, would be better. However, I didn't know how much better, and I was... Uh, blown away by the uh, physics that, uh, um, what you call it, was uh, developed with a number of uh, cable patents uh, using different gauges of wire uh, turned at uh, different uh, turns per inch. And uh, the uh, thing we discovered is that the frequencies don't go through the wire at the same speed. In fact, uh, the highs go through a lot faster than the uh, bass does. So mm-hmm. instead of, you can't speed up the bass, so we slowed down the highs. We, uh, we created a, a bunch of uh, uh, inductive windings that prevented the high frequencies uh, from uh, getting too far ahead, and then the sound was uh, amazing, it was coherent. And not to mention the power transfer, okay? So if you got uh, a 200 watt power amp and trying to put it through a shoestring, uh, well, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be constrained. But uh, really, the demo uh, was uh, uh, an A-B demo. So in the early days, I gave our retailers uh, a little switcher, and I said, oh, go ahead and put the free speaker cable on one side and Monster on the other, and here's a switcher that switches between the two. That's brilliant. Uh, It was amazing. It was amazing. So uh, discovering something that nobody thought uh, should be there or could be done. So the cure with no disease. Yeah, that's that's so brilliant. And, you know, people can't buy what they don't know they don't know. And when they see that they're investing so much and you say, weakest link speaker wire, I, I totally get it. So let's move to uh, 
Mr. Dre, Dr. Dre. So you okay. met him. You met him, I'm guessing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time with Dre. So he's a remarkable person on so many levels. I mean, first of all, that he's alive, <laughs> and secondly, that yeah. he was able to walk away because of his belief system and create something on his own. So can you talk about a little bit what your impressions were and what you were most impressed with? Well, listen, uh, uh, Trey and I have a similarity, and that's where we are music listeners, okay, so, uh, and creators, okay, so uh, what he does is, you know, create uh, different sounds that didn't exist before and integrate into the music, and everybody loved it. But uh, we found similarities, and uh, how do you listen to bass? What's important in bass? And uh, he was a, a proponent, and he did the uh, track of uh, In the Club uh, with 50 Cent. So of we course. used that as a... One of the best ever. Uh, as a reference. Yeah, yeah, we used that as a reference because it not only had uh, the frequencies that you want to reproduce, but also uh, the attack, the punch that uh, Dre put into it. So it wasn't just uh, a bass frequency. It, it actually hit you in the gut. Uh, and the uh, dynamics between soft and low, uh, you got the full impact of that song. Uh, and we used that as a reference to create a headphone that could reproduce it. Because there were headphones that could reproduce that attack, that punch, the low frequency. Yeah, because most, most headphones would bottom out with that low frequency. Well, or they don't reproduce at all. And especially when we came on the market, uh, I'm not going to mention the uh, existing uh, incumbents there, but uh, their focus was not sound. Uh, I mean, not quality of sound. Their focus was on, uh, you know, can you uh, hear this transmission? Can you hear the iPod? Uh, but it wasn't on, wow, this is the best sound I've ever heard uh, in uh, either a loudspeaker or a headphone. And I'm enjoying my music uh, a lot more uh, hearing everything than uh, not hearing everything. So we transformed the world. Yes, you did. And by the way, thank you for doing so because as an audio uh, enthusiast, as an audiophile, as a DJ, as a music collector, it, it made all of our lives more enriched. So thank you very much, Noel. Thank you. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. So, so you wouldn't be on the show if it wasn't for a young lady who bumped into you and had a conversation. So first of all, tell me what you think of Andrea, and then she's going to ask you a question. Uh, she's amazing. You know? <laughs> uh, a uh, powerhouse, you know, barrel of energy. <laughs> totally. And she makes stuff happen. So the red carpet queen has done it again. And she she connected the two of us to have a voice and for me to amplify your goodness and make basically a dream come true for me. I, you're one of my favorite people because of what you created in the world, which is a solution to better music and a better experience with music. So thank you. And Andrea is going to ask you a question. Andrea. Well, we're short on time. 
Well, sure, we're short on time, Noel. So I just am so impressed with your resiliency. I mean, you have overcome so many things. As when, and when you're as powerful as you are, you, you get a lot of people who love you and people who just want to throw crap at you. And at the same time, it, although you are considered to have a disability, you are so differently abled. I, I just want to know how you're able to always just smile again. You just have amazing resiliency. And a quick answer because well, we have some more questions for you. Yeah, 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 uh, you know, uh, my uh, legacy would be I created a, uh, a billion-dollar industry that actually made a difference, you know, from cables to uh, the headphones and uh, our latest headphones now, the Monster headphones, are simply amazing. They'll be out uh, this year. But the uh, uh, ability to create something and not let handicaps get in the way, so I... Uh, I believe I stand for uh, what immigrants can do when they come to this country, uh, what uh, uh, Asian Americans uh, can do as a uh, minority, and uh, what handicapped, because you saw me in a wheelchair, uh, that uh, I I haven't been able to walk in the last uh, uh, 15 years. So I'm wheelchair-bound. But I always am self-conscious. I'm saying, you know, it's like uh, Woodrow Wilson, the wheelchair president. You know, he doesn't—he didn't want to be seen in a wheelchair. Uh, I kind of felt I don't want to be seen in a wheelchair. I don't want people to uh, think uh, less of me. But uh, as you met uh, when I was uh, going through the red carpet, it does—I don't let it affect me. And people don't think less of you. So when uh, no, they don't. Uh, <laughs> They think yeah, more of you. Well, no, I, I, I want to ask you uh, two quick questions, okay? Um, yep. What is a quote you live by? A what? A quote. What is a quote you live by? Oh, a quote you live by, okay. Uh, we have, uh, well, for, for me and the company, it is always lead and never follow. Meaning, yeah. don't copy something. Uh, you know, always innovate and have uh, something that you have to add to the world. So uh, there are a lot of people who do copy, okay, which is uh, fine. That's a huge business. But you don't really change things. So always and lead, never follow. And that's not only for products or for companies, but it also speaks to uh, uh, a personality, a drive, education. Uh, and, very quickly. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, drug abuse. Yes. So, uh, a quick, quick answer. What is a movie you go to to be inspired? Well, I'll tell you my uh, favorite. Well, first of all, I don't want to say it on the air, but uh, I'm a uh, uh, serious follower of romance movies. You know? But that's not <laughs> very much. And uh, uh, but uh, my favorite movie is Godfather, uh, and that whole series not only of the quality of uh, the movie making and the actors. Uh, you know, it was just amazing, you know, the storytelling. Well, Noel, I want to tell you that you have been amplified again, and thank you so much for spending the time <laughs> with you. us. And we're going we're gonna to actually do whatever it takes to make sure we can tell about all the smiles you created in the world with your inventions and your innovation. So thank you very much. This show, again, has been brought to you by the Keep Smiling Movement. We'll see you again next week. Thank you so much, Noel and Darren, who was in the first segment. And we will get the questions that we couldn't answer, uh, ask you, and get the answers on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you very much. 
Stay amplified. We'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.